1: why don't you take him into your house into your bed john, john robert somersby we have a warrant for your arrest for the murder of mr charles
0: conklin if you tell them who you are then i'll have to let you go you could win your life sir i'm a name i don't think i have a life
1: you are not jack somersby so why do you keep going on pretending that you are how do you know i'm not i know because how do you know i know because i never loved him the way that i love you Hello and welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that literally gave its heart to Rosario Dawson. Every week on This head Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we are here to perform the autopsy. I am your host, entertainment writer Chris File, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, senior writer for Decider.com, Joe Reed.
0: Hello, Chris. I'm doing my half Southern Jody Foster accent.
1: You know, I was gonna say, like, I'm not sure if you're you. Like, how do I know that you're you? It, like, it's okay. You're... It's
0: okay that you can't tell what accent I am doing because it is purposefully vague.
1: Generalized South. The dog's really upset. South. Your own dog doesn't <laughs> recognize you, Joseph Reed. That's I me on gra- your dog.
0: I'm sitting. I've been sitting on Grandma's brooch for several years. Oh Jesus Christ! That joke, by the way, got the whole thing off to quite the start.
1: Quite the start. It, I mean, like it, it the start, the beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> this movie gives them all at once. Um, it's funny you mentioned that the grandma's brooch part because this movie feels like grandma's brooch. Oh no! Like of cinema, like it's from. <laughs> It feels like it could be from 90 years ago, it's rather relic. than like
0: 25. It's supposed to look pretty, but it looks kind of garish. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: we'll get into that. Um, yeah. uh, we are talking about if uh, Joe's Jodie Foster in the South, not... West Virginian, Dr. Silence Lecter. of the Lambs, Uh This week's failed Oscar buzz brings you Gaslighting by Oil Lamps. We're talking about 1993 southern boiled rather than fried romance, Summersby. <laughs> um, it's a Civil War era American twist on The Return of Martin Guerre, a French film with Gérard Depardieu. Um, Shout out to our 1492 episode. Um, The film stars Richard Gere as a man who returns to his farm after the Civil War, as I mentioned. Uh, And his wife is played by Jodie Foster, and she immediately doubts his identity. It's a Harlequin romance turned kind of ludicrous popcorn costume, uh, courtroom drama that kind of like rips off the crucible towards the end.
0: It rips um, off a lot of stuff.
1: It rips off a lot of stuff. Um, but Summer B- Summersby coasts on prestige goodwill before it becomes, I think Joseph will agree,
0: pretty cringeworthy. Oh, it, we got it. We'll talk about the end sooner or later, but oh, man. I have some thoughts about the end, but I'm glad you mentioned uh Martin Gare because like I watching this movie, I'm like, of course, like this is a very similar plot to um the Don Draper, Dick Whitman storyline in Mad Men. And it's also very much the plot line of that episode of The Simpsons that everybody hates with Principal Skinner (laughs) and the imposter Principal Skinner, played by Martin Sheen. And so I'm like, this has to be based on something more classic than this because, like, those two things weren't just doing a takeoff of Summersby. So I, like, looked it up and I saw that there was this, like, actual French person named Martin Guerre who, like, this happened to and then they made eight bajillion movies and and books and and other things so th- about this guy
1: well to the point that it kind of becomes like a trope right like this is su- somehow yeah. supposed to be romantic and now this is in like you know a recurring just this general and-
0: idea of yeah somebody coming back and passing themselves off as somebody else and to some degree or another the people who accept him know that they're being lied to and don't care like that because they like the
1: idea to. of this like better version of somebody which well, but before also like,
0: before wha- we get into it
1: we yes. should do a 60 second plot
0: oh god cuz we've
1: okay. g- we've done a good enough amount of the plot i feel like you kind of have to give away some of that to explain what the hell we're talking about right um but joseph if you are ready yeah. we can have you do a 60 second plot are you ready yes Okay, your time
0: begins now. So Richard Gere returns from the Civil War and he has a beard, and then he comes back to his old town and his old farm and his old wife, played by Jodie Foster, who at this point has remarried herself to Bill Pullman, the great cuckold of 1993. Remember, this was the same year as Sleepless in Seattle. So jodie foster immediately goes back to richard Gere. he's her husband whatever she spends a half an hour shaving off his beard and they like fall in love but they were already in love weren't they they were supposed to be married were they not so like the movie spends a lot of like does she doesn't she time before they get to the point where we realize that richard Gere is not jack Summersby as he is passing off he is oh, clearly sorry. You somebody passed else. 30 seconds you have 20 oh my God. seconds trust me out and um, Jodie Foster is clearly like going along with it because she clearly likes this guy a lot better than she liked the original Jack Summersby, who's kind of a dick to people and mean to her. Ten and, seconds. Oh, eventually, somebody who... like Jack Summersby killed somebody, and they put uh, Richard Gere on trial, and there's a whole circus, and James Earl Jones is the judge, and they find him guilty, and... Time. Um, oh, my... Oh, I didn't make it. Oh, no. Okay, I'm so I just have to ends. give you
1: special credit. I'm sure that's going to frustrate some listeners that I missed the 30-second mark, but I was so... Thrown and delighted by the great cuckold of 1993, Bill Pullman. Congratulations, okay. sir.
0: You at least have to, like, we need to discuss the end then. Because, like, we didn't get to it. And the end is no, insane. We didn't. We'll get to it. Okay. The
1: end is very insane.
0: All right. We'll explain what happens at the end when we talk about that. Yes, Bill Pullman was the great cuckold of 1993 between this and... Um, sleepless in Seattle, which is why one of the many reasons why While You Were Sleeping is such a triumph is that it lets him finally, the shoe is finally on the other foot with him. That he finally gets to be the guy who ends up with uh, the girl rather than the one in the coma who...
1: 1993 was not kind to Bill Pullman or to us, because, like, we want to like Bill Pullman.
0: Bill Pullman's a likable guy. He was in like, Spaceballs. Who didn't love him in Spaceballs?
1: He's in Spaceballs. He was president of the United
0: States when the
1: aliens came. Although not
0: at this point. Not at the point of Summersby.
1: Not at well, this I, point, I really but like... like, we knew that was coming. We knew sure. that he would
0: eventually play, like, we a president he had it that we him. liked. His character in this movie is really, really, like, vile, though, because wow. he's just like... Sneaky, snaky kind of like religious holy roller who is very like, well, I married you, so I'm entitled to you. There's a lot of, yeah, like, okay. Stuff.
1: So I was, I'm very, I was so confused by a number of things in this movie, but I was so confused by this relationship because, like, when Richard Gear comes back, we should, we should actually say his name, his alias, Jack Summersby, at least is right? Jack Summersby of the title. Jodie Foster is Laurel Summersby. Um but no when when Jack returns it's supposed to be like kind of sad like Jack was originally an abusive husband yeah. and like never cared for his wife, like impregnated her while he was belligerently drunk and then never touched her again. And then she like shacks up with Bill Pullman, right? And we're led to believe that he's A nice guy, right? So it's like kind of
0: dorky and cold, but yeah. Yeah.
1: But then he turns out to be like disgusting. Here's the spoiler
0: I'm going to give you, Christopher. I think most of the men of this era were terrible people. And especially, we're also talking about like Virginia, wherever the hell on the south this was, which was another whole thing in this movie where it's like it's really really hard for me to like get on anybody's side in the antebellum south well no
1: absolutely i'm with you on all of that but i think it's just like the trope that we are that like the movie starts with is that like oh sad for this guy should we feel bad for him and then it kind of pulls the rug out which like i guess makes it interesting in a way but then it like in the way that you're saying, all of these men are gross. Like it takes him to the extreme of gross. He's like,
0: like snivelly as well as bad. Like he comes over yeah, and he yeah. like he dumps the uh, bucket of hornworms that they had just like taken off all of the crops. Yeah, which, but...
1: like he aggresses Jodie Foster with a bunch of like you p- call p- them parasites, hornworms. Pests, like yeah, yeah, they're like these nasty. I don't call things,
0: them hornworms, like... Chris. Frankie Faison calls them hornworms. I just mm-hmm. go along.
1: Well, they they speaking look like of the great Silence Mone of the Lambs reunion in this movie. Oh my God! Right? Yeah. Silence of the Lambs kind of hangs over this movie because this yes. was, I mean, Silence of the Lambs, like this movie, came out in February of its year, and yep. then Jodie Foster had two other movies, including Little Man Tate, that she directed um, in 1991. But then, post her Oscar win, this is yep. the first movie that she makes, which is
0: potentially, which is essentially. Why this had any Oscar buzz at all? Because it was opening in February, so you can, you'd be well within your rights to be like, "Did this have Oscar buzz?" And it's like, maybe not a yes. ton, but also like the rules were a little differently, and like she had, she had just I mean, been in the movie that had redefined the Oscar calendar at least temporarily with Silence of the Lambs.
1: Well, and you have other examples even in this year. You have like the Fugitive, which opened in August of that year. The early '90s were a lot friendlier to earlier year releases. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Plus, this was, like, movie star, melodrama, costumes, period piece. Um, Danny Elfman was doing the score, although I hate the score for this movie. It is so, to me, disinterested and, like, wan and just sort of bad. I hate, I think, everything about this movie, except for what (laughs) Jodie Foster is doing. And even she has, like, the accent problems. But, like, none I mean, so like, bad as Richard Gere's accent problems, which are no problems at all. Finger quotes accent because he's, problems
1: because, like, well, quotes a bad accents. accent. He doesn't do an yeah. accent.
0: Like, he's just Richard Gere, for God's sake. He's like Kevin Costner in Prince of Thieves. Um,
1: yeah. I, I, Jodie Foster, like, while we're on that path, like, and I said she's the only thing I like in this movie. Like... I would say, like, okay, let me ask you a question. We talked about Grandma's brooch.
0: Like, Well, we should maybe he... explain Grandma's brooch, because I sort of was oblique okay. about it.
1: Explain Grandma's brooch.
0: So there's this very early part where, where Jack has returned and Laurel is welcoming him into the home, and he's doing a lot of these, like, really dumb things, if you come at it from the perspective of he's a fraud and he's actually never been in this home before, where he's, like, pointing at, like holes in the wall and being like what happened to the wall and it's like bitch you don't know that that wasn't there when you when when you quotations like were there before like don't like put yourself into unnecessary danger by like asking questions you don't know the answer to like and
1: everybody's immediate answer is oh the war changed him yeah war was bad Well, and like,
0: I get the fact that, like, nobody liked this guy originally. And I also get the fact that it's the 1800s. People weren't seeing people all the time. Like, if you wanted to see your neighbors, you saw them like twice a year when you walked down the long road to their farm. I get it.
1: People also didn't really have eyesight then. Like,
0: (laughs) you know, like.
1: Everybody, we weren't well cared for.
0: Everybody smelled bad, so nobody wanted to look each other in the eye because they were all embarrassed about it. We get but there was a lot of reasons why you might have not been able to recognize your suddenly beardless neighbor who just returned from the war. Yeah, like, there's
1: not sunlight, you don't see. There's eh. so
0: many reasons. Just back in the day, everybody was blind and stinky and sightless. racist and racist. Yeah, that was it. Like, oh. Also, the fact the, the Ku Klux Klan scene in this movie—they're not the Klan; the they're a the different kind of Knights of the whatever, whatever. Because it's um,
1: pre-Klan, I guess, essentially. Like, there's just no pointiness to their like. Outfit. But it
0: reminded me of Fried Green Tomatoes, a movie I liked uh, infinitely more than this movie. Oh my god! Um, but yeah. So wait. So what was I saying? Oh, so Grandma's brooch. So Grandma's Laurel's, brooch. Laura's leading him up the stairs. And she mentions, I forget how they even get on the subject, of, like, valuables that were in the house and that weren't raided by the war or whatever. And she mentions, I've been sitting on Grandma's brooch for X number of of years, I guess, now. And she goes, she's, uh, she's like, sitting on it, so to speak. And it's like, oh, God, like, so now we know a little something about Laurel Summersby that we didn't know before. So... She will hide her valuables up herself, so oh, yes, that. she will They got the silver, the carpets, and mostly anything else that they could carry. I did save Granny's brooch though by um by sitting on
1: it in a manner of speaking So I made the joke that this is Grandma's brooch of a movie. Not because I think people are, like, inserting this movie into themselves, but because...
0: Nobody wants to insert this movie into themselves, trust me.
1: Nobody wants to insert this movie into their mind, into their DVD player, into their whatever, into their Netflix queue. Um, Except, I will say, like, this, this movie is like an artifact, because how many... Like women, especially, do you know that just like sob at this movie or love this movie? This movie is, I will say, a like former staple of the female side of my family. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, like,
1: I, totally. Like I, I don't think I, I could tell you, could you a
0: single t- person who's in my life who's seen this movie. So this, that's very it's interesting. It's just
1: so of a different time, and people would assess the movie differently for a lot of the reasons we've already said. Like, I know that my mother was obsessed with this movie. My sisters were obsessed with this movie. Oh, wow. My grandmothers were obsessed with this movie. And it's like... I guarantee you none of them have seen it in at least a decade, and if you put it in front of them now, they would be like, Jesus Christ.
0: So back in the day, did they fully
1: invest in the romantic chemistry? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, you put... Richard Gere with a slightly open shirt and Jodie Foster on a poster (laughs) with a lamp on it. And, like, that sells people on the movie, right? Like, it looks like... She's, like, softly
0: touching his face.
1: Yeah, it's it looks like the cover of a romance novel back when those were, like, still kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, my mom read a ton of those. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, you want to be able to, like, love the nostalgia of that. Because like I don't want to poo poo it like those type of things when they are great I love them and Big when they're like romance, tr- yeah. they're inoffensive trash I also love them sure um like that's one of the things that we're like mid Stars Born hate cycle right now and like I'm seeing people like shit on the romance side of it and I'm like no that's that's why people want to go to this movie right um but like you can't even like this movie for that because it's it's bad, man. They don't
0: have like, very good chemistry together. I don't want to start, like, drawing inferences. Like, you know, just because Jodie Foster is a lesbian does not mean that she can't have romantic chemistry in a movie with a man. Like, that's not how acting works. She hasn't like, before otherwise. It's They're
1: both doing what they're doing separately. Like, you yeah. don't see the... Like, he's doing the charming, like, romantic leading man... Richard Gere thing. She's doing the like internal struggle thing. Like even when they have these very long dialogue scenes together, they're not always captured in the same shot. Yeah, and they ju- they just don't feel like they're on their same wavelengths. Even though I think separately, what they're doing is good. Yeah, especially Jodie like Foster. It, it,
0: the movie made me think of Cold Mountain a little bit in the fact, and actually complimentary about Cold Mountain in the fact that at least in Cold Mountain. The female lead got to do a lot on her own for a while. Like, this movie is so focused on him for the first half hour, it becomes a little bit more about her as the movie goes on. But, like, at least by the time we got to Cold Mountain, things had gotten a little bit more egalitarian in the way we follow these stories. Which, like, back in Summersby times just wasn't happening. You want to know... Okay, can I also say one more problem that I had with this movie? Um, I mean,
1: just one? We're probably going to spend a lot of our time talking about our problems with this movie.
0: Okay, one more. So Richard Gere makes a lot more sense in this role as the Huckster. As the Huckster from out of town who we find out later is sort of like... The old Civil War era equivalent of Lyle Landley from the Simpsons episode where they did the Music Man, where he just like goes from town to town and convinces them to invest in these like oh yeah huge I was work say projects. That he is the Music Man, um, and then moves along. And I know you say the Music Man because you actually know about older things. And I'm like, remember that Simpsons episode that parody of <laughs> the Music Man? I've already done that once in this episode. I'm going to do it again. So um, he works a lot better as that character as he should because like that's the story. He's really that guy. Um he really is the imposter. So but he was that character was still supposed to have been in the war. Like the whole story about how he met Jack Summersby um in some, you know, battlefront or whatever or prison, right? They were in a they were in a union prison. Yeah. And uh um, like four years Elmira. So, I think
1: he says at one point.
0: Yes, I think it was. Four years in Elmira. He still has supposed to have been sort of, like, hardened by this, the war and the prison, whatever, and every time this character takes off his shirt, it is the softest, pinkest body I have ever seen in my entire life. You will never convince me that that man had been in a foot race so much as a war. Like, he is just not at all battle-hardened. It's just such a strange choice to... When you look at it, I mean... These days, I think movies kind of go overboard with the fact that like we're really just gonna smear dirt on anybody who existed before 1900, and we're just I don't know s- what
1: DiCaprio you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna smear dirt on them. We're gonna cake shit in their teeth to make the we're audience fucking punch them barf. in the face. Yeah, like they really, really oh, yeah. it's just like oh, olden times. Okay, and it's just like get the dirt bag, and they literally just like smear it. It's like a powder puff made of like. Garbage, and they just like smear it all over these actors, and it's like authenticity. But like this is the right. extreme like, other example. Like, he doesn't of
1: it. even look like he was in a Civil War era prison where he would probably be like emaciated. He and... looks
0: like American Gigolo came to Virginia, and it's, it's it like the takes second me out she of it.
1: shaves that beard, and by second I mean hour because it takes that long.
0: It does. Thank you, thank you for backing me up on it, that. That is like the, the longest that the cinematic shave.
1: That scene is good, though, because at that point you is where it's starting to settle in that she may not believe his identity, but it's also mixed up with the fact that the man he is supposed to be is a very bad, bad man. Right, right. And there's that moment where she could just, like, slice his neck, and yet kind of feel like she might do it for a second, and then right. she pulls away. Yeah. Because only Jodie Foster can pull off these ludicrous... Scenes that she's asked to do.
0: What's the name of the of the huckster, the guy who actually? Who Harold Gere actually Hill. Is? No.
1: You oh, dick. sorry. I'm just on this path of like now. I want Richard Gere to be in the Music Man.
0: The actual character, though, I can't remember. It's fine. But basically,
1: I don't think he's credited as that character on.
0: IMDb, That's fine. So. I but you get the sense in if you uh...
1: listen to him, he is Jack Summersby. Under no circumstances is he not Jack Summersby. So we'll just call him Jack.
0: But you get the sense that that guy, really, really liked the actual real Jack Summersby, a lot more than probably anybody in the town or his wife did. Like, I feel like he was fond of him in a way that nobody else was, and that's why he sort of wanted to be him. Horace Townsend was his name. Horace, or his, I feel like, like m-
1: martyrdom is so like wrapped up in this other man's identity that he can look at him affectionately because he's saving him by like Letting taking him live on. over his life like some yeah. f- there's some weird fucked up psychologies going on in this movie and it's like not romantic but I mean
0: did you think of Serena at all during this movie
1: uh, I thought of Serena in that everything in this movie is brown
0: okay. I thought of Serena in the part where they cuz the whole scheme is that nuts. it's not a scheme it's like a farm a farm is not a scheme but like Richard Gear wants to plant tobacco and everybody's like tobacco it's too cold in the winter and people and Richard is like but I've got a plan so the whole town like pools their money and their you know hidden brooches together and they get enough money to buy tobacco seeds to plant on their farm and the moment where the seeds show up in the mail and they open it, and it's just, like, real tobacco seeds. And it's him and Laurel, Jack and Laurel together. And Laurel, like, sees the seeds and gets so psyched about it that she starts making out with them and, like, jumping them right there. I think they end up, like, fully having sex in that scene. But I'm, like, not since horny for lumber. Oh, yeah, because she does
1: get horny for lumber. Um, yeah, and Jodie Foster's getting like horny for seeds. Hellbent
0: for timber, like, whatever that was, that's what that made me think of.
1: And I was like, you're going to spill these seeds. Oh, Jesus. I did not even think about what I just said. Anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> We're but no, it. they're
1: like making out on the bed while he has like these paper packets of seeds that like they've spent the town's like fortune on to get seeds because, I don't know, economic depression. Yay. Um, I was
0: so disappointed that it turned out that the middle part of this movie is a farming drama. I could not believe it. Really
1: it truly was, and it was, like, the shitty farming drama. Like, you want to watch Witness instead.
0: I want to watch Places in the Heart, even. Like, my God. Just like, oh, no, there's a worm on the leaves or whatever. And, yeah. like, or, like, Days we of need, Heaven, obviously. Yeah. We need manure. Like, we've seen Richard Gere in a farming, in a, you know, much more beautifully filmed farming drama. Like, we will watch Days of Heaven if we want to. But, like, Ugh. That was a slog. I can't even talk about the kid. The kid to me is such a non-factor, and the movie really wants us to fall in love with this kid falling in love with uh, his dad. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, this like happening. almost sinister
1: child that yeah. really looks straight out of Children of the Corn.
0: So then at some point, this guy comes to town or whatever like the cops from the other town come and arrest Jack Summersby for murdering this guy back before he left for the war and uh, there's a whole murder trial presided over by Judge James Earl Jones which I have never before seen a movie more determined to hold up the black judge trope than this movie where it's just like nope we're just going to have a black judge and everybody's like the Civil War just ended and they're like nope we're just going to do it we're going to make everybody in the gallery gasp and that's how we'll cover it
1: And it's so like obviously this is not the type of movie that we should be concerned with anachronisms and like when you split hairs over things like that it is a little annoying, but it would be another fifty years in American history before there would be a black municipal judge. This movie is full of shit.
0: Well, and the fact that this movie like makes all this like lip service towards Frankie Faison as a character and then fully just forgets about him. Like to the point where like they have only for reaction shots. Yeah, and like did we only have him to get beat and like bloodied up by the clan like thanks. That's great. Yeah. So there's that too. But so they go through the trial and he gets the whole crux of the trial is he can admit that he's really not Jack Summersby and he'll be found innocent because Jack like he didn't do the crime or he can stick by this lie because he's like psychotic about not going back to his old Horace Townsend existence. And Jodie Foster is like No, please just tell them who you are so that you will live as opposed to dying by hanging. And he's like, But I don't want to be that guy anymore. I am me. I'm happy with him. She's like, Oh my God. And so I literally had to like rewind back to watch the scene again because I'm like, When did she get good with him just being like, Well, I'm just going to die? And she doesn't. (laughs) She sort of just like hugs him. And then they like soft fade into. Him changing into his hanging clothes, and then he's up on the the stocks, sto- stocks, stockade, something—the yeah. thing that you stand on before you get hanged—and they're the like putting, the, they're putting the noose around his neck. And I'm like, I keep waiting to be like, boy, this is going to be really cheesy and dramatic when he like declares himself as not Jack Summersby when she's running through the crowd. But no, right, she, because
1: she's originally saying she's not going to watch him die. I can't watch you die. Well, but you need to put like more stifle in it because Jodie Foster is like the best at like emotional explosions and immediately stifling them.
0: Oh, like her big courtroom scene where she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. I never loved him the way that I love you. Yeah, <laughs> you care for me, Laura. Yes, of course I do. Why are you doing this? Because you are not Jack Summersby. How do you know I'm not, Laura? A woman knows her own husband. Not good enough. You got no proof. I don't need any proof. I... Nobody here believes you. I don't care. I, I know how I feel. That's all that matters to you? Yes. God, you are a hard-headed woman, Laura. And you are a stubborn idiot. You are not Jack Summersby. So why do you keep going on pretending that you are? How do you know I'm not? I know because...
1: How do you know, Laura? I know because... How do you know? I know because I never loved him the way that I love you. Ah.
0: Uh she's delicious in this movie she's she genuinely so is good. it's the most like campy delightful performance of hers ever maybe like i genu depending on how you like give or take how you take Nell as a movie
1: um hey and a ween is how i take that they'll, they'll
0: go. but like i just feel like i'm very much enjoying how not great she is in this movie
1: Uh, okay i'm gonna counterpoint that because like this movie only is watchable because she is so good at like those like Uh, emotional textures that like on the page are complete bullshit bullshit this woman is gaslit in this movie and she makes us like care about her like and it's like no girl they're like Everyone is lying to you and deceiving you and, like, this is psychotic shit that they're putting you through.
0: That's fair. I shouldn't say not good. She's just very, very melodramatic and very over the top. But, like, that's how I like it in this movie. So Yeah,
1: but, like, the movie should be kind of that. That's at least what
0: we want the movie to be and she's giving us that. So it ends and, like, again, another, like, soft fade to, like, the sky. And he (gasps) fucking gets hanged. And then they cut to like, and nobody nobody speaks another word for the rest of the movie. It's just this like cut to a little bit in the future when they're like, so the the crux of the farming thing is like she sold the farm for $10,000, which I guess back then that's enough to be independently wealthy for the rest of your life. I sure hope so, because the life of a single woman at that age back then is not super great. So when you were like sacrificing your life for your goddamn principles you're leaving your wife alone in this horribly hostile southern state like with her pick of clansmen
1: to marry (laughs) (laughs) like
0: oh it's the worst reality show ever God. It ends
1: on his tombstone. And this is from the era of like tombstone, like home baked pizzas, where it's like you almost want the movie to end with, What are you going to have on your tombstone, Jack? Uh, like,
0: wow. With her pick ending. of clansmen to marry. Yeah. Like, we've, and we've already seen that, like, the fact that this farm and this family is being so equitable and hospitable. To the black residents of the town, has gotten them in trouble with the clan. Like maybe leaving your wife alone and defenseless isn't super great, Jack Summersby, you fucking dick. That was my biggest problem with the movie. Is like I can't <laughs> handle that end of that movie being in any way. It's so romantic. Selfish. It's so fucking selfish, and just like pathological. Like, and the movie's so pretty about it. They're just like, oh. He kept Um, his name. Fuck off.
1: Yeah. You are not the
0: crucible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, seriously. The other thing about Jodie Foster in this movie, she looks so young. Like, I get the whole thing about Jodie Foster is that, like, she forever, like, looked so young. And she's only, like, 31 in this movie, so it's not like she's in her 20s. But she looks incredibly, at certain points in this movie, like, incredibly youthful and just sort of, like, wow. Like, and really gets across that thing that not a lot of movies about this era get, which is that like people were living these like very strong and complicated lives at age like twenty, right? But anyway, that is interesting. So we love Jodie
1: Foster. We do. We I sure want, do. Like she needs to come back in things that are not Hotel Artemis, <laughs> so that we can enjoy her you know, again.
0: I had some fun with Hotel Artemis. I'm just gonna say.
1: I had some fun with the screenshots of Hotel Artemis. I did not see it. I, I love would, her stern
0: expression. Don't pay for it, but like check it out if you can get away with not paying for it. Um, let's talk about Richard Gere for a second, because Richard Gere is an interesting let's. person to talk about in the, in the eyes of Oscar, through the eyes of Oscar, the famous Oscar-nominated song about ice castles. Never nominated for an Oscar. Didn't really come close for this one but has been sort of Oscar-adjacent in a lot of things. He was the male lead, obviously, in Pretty Woman when Julia Roberts was nominated. He won the Golden Globe for playing Billy Flynn in Chicago and then gets shut out of the Best Actor race, sort of surprisingly. I feel like everybody was... Once he won the Globe, everybody really had like started to write his name down in pen in that category, and then like Michael Caine and Nicolas Cage sort of like raced up to grab that nomination from him. And I don't think he's really come close since then. He's been in a lot of, like, buzzy things where the buzz sort of fell away quickly. It seems like he's played, like, a homeless guy twice in the last six the years. The Moverman movie. And wasn't um, there another thing? Or, am I, and, like, Arbitrage was sort of, like, a thing that people talked hoax. about in the abstract, but, like, never really came close.
1: Right. I mean, at best, it's a Golden Globe nomination. The mm-hmm. Hoax is one we should do.
0: Oh, for That's sure, except I really don't want to have to see that movie again, because it is I've boring.
1: It. Uh, <laughs> uh, compared to, oh, most of the other movies we talk about here on this at Oscar Buzz. Um, was it
0: you who I was talking, about, talking with recently about how if Gear had campaigned for supporting in the year of Chicago, that he would have definitely been nominated and maybe even won? Um,
1: no, but I definitely agree with that statement. Because I was literally just thinking, uh, thinking that in my mind when you brought up Chicago. Yeah, because now it's that crazy. seems like, and, and especially because that was a Weinstein movie that he didn't jockey to get him in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just seems like it would have been easier. But we also never think of Richard Gere as a supporting man. He's always a leading man, especially right. this era in Summersby of Richard Gere. He's kind of like. He had different eras. He had, like, Swathy Leading Man, Pretty Woman Happens, and then right. this is, like, the first big movie after um, well, so let's Pretty look... Woman for him, and he becomes, like, period Leading Man because
0: then there's also
1: First Night,
0: which is fucking awesome. He's sort of, like, for a while there, at least, he was this really interesting Oscar talisman, where let's look at through his career. So, looking for Mr. Goodbar, Tuesday Weld is nominated in that movie. Days of Heaven gets, like, Oscar nominations wins for cinematography um, Officer and a Gentleman Deborah Winger is nominated wins for supporting actor and song um, well Cotton Club is a disaster but like legendarily so Pretty Woman as we said Julia Roberts is nominated um, Primal Fear Edward Norton is nominated almost wins Chicago Best Picture winner giant huge thing that same year Unfaithful Diane Lane uh, is in that movie with him. She gets a Best Actress nomination.
1: He's so good in Unfaithful.
0: He's re- like that's another Unfaithful one where-
1: is a great movie. Um, yeah, but he's really good in it, and nobody talks about how good he is. Probably because Diane Lane's so incredible. Like that subway scene is oh
0: yeah nuts good. It's yeah it's, it's insane. Nuts good. So good. And then Amelia, which, of course, was a 12-time Oscar nominee and <laughs> Hilary Swank, weirdly won three Oscars for Best Actress in the same year. I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, for Amelia. Yeah, crazy. Amelia. Ugh. You know what movie I saw? Nights Amelia? In no, Knights and Rodanthe. Remember that movie? Yeah, the, Nicholas Sparks. The re-teaming of Richard Gere and Diane Lane? Not as good. Just going to say yeah. that. Yeah, not as good. Not as sexy. Not I as think violent. Viola Davis was in it, though. I think she's, like, the best friend.
1: Yes. Because that's the era of Viola Davis playing white lady's friends. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a very good point. So what do we feel? Do we feel like Oscar missed the boat on a lot of these things? Or do we feel like Richard Gere sort of did his mitzvah by sort of being the solid, supporting, you know, cute man to distinguished man uh opposite these women who, you know, is it does it speak well of him that he is able to share the spotlight enough that these women who he's co-starred with all really get to shine opposite him? Or are we just of- am I rushing to give credit to a man for the ac- accomplishments of a woman?
1: I mean, that's probably a fair assessment of yourself in this instance, <laughs> but deck. I do also think He is good in those movies doing what he does, and I just don't think Oscar really rewards that or considers that. Yeah. Um, I do still think it could happen for Richard Gere. Like, if somebody casts him in the right thing, it takes off. Like, there's a narrative right there for you.
0: His Venus? He's not that
1: old, but, (laughs) like,
0: he's not young.
1: The movie's going to have to be better than Venus was.
0: Um, Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean I, Peter O'Toole came damn close. I would imagine he was second place that year.
1: Yeah. But I d- I mean like I still have high hopes for Richard Gere. I want to see him doing interesting things.
0: I wonder what really I has feel like Oscar next. voters
1: would want that too. He's it wouldn't be a comeback though. Like
0: he's always been working. He's yeah. always been doing decent work. Um he doesn't seem to have anything. He's filming some sort of television series called Motherfucker. Uh, maybe Father, he'll get son. an
1: Emmy. Um, Um, to transition over to like Oscar and Jodie Foster, where it's like Oscar doesn't consider him in the the conversation, like he never can kind of get arrested. Like Jodie Foster, on the other hand, which kind of makes this an interesting movie to talk about, is like always going to be in the conversation if she does something half serious. Like, remember the Brave One when that happened? Uh, Do I? I'm not... I was Uh, not a fan of that movie. That movie came
0: out the year I moved to New York City, which was quite the interesting eye opener when I watched it. Ah, yes.
1: I bet that was a lot of fun as you settle into your new home.
0: Stay. My, Um, my, weirdly, that my first apartment was under an underpass in Central Park. So that was especially just disconcerting and (laughs) unsettling.
1: But like that is kind of just like this. I mean, it's not pulpy, it's, it's seriously minded. Um, Sure. Like, revenge drama type thing that if you put someone else in it that was not jodie foster that would not have had oscar conversation probably jody Um, the
0: fact that we're discovering more and more that jodie foster's taste level is whack as fuck like really (laughs) makes me wonder what flora (laughs) plum would have turned out to be had that movie ever been made Uh, which i'm still holding out hope that that movie gets made but like I want to see like, her
1: diaries for Flora Plum. Like she will not talk about the movie. The but... Flora
0: Plum diaries. Yes, that was what Richard or Russell Crowe, Claire Danes, and other Jody people are directing. Yeah, um, yeah, but like between Elysium and the Beaver and the Brave One and I don't know. It's not like they're all bad. I would bad. say
1: the Beaver. If you remove Mel Gibson from it, because I do think, even aside from all of the Mel Gibson awfulness, he is bad in that movie. Like, yeah. I think there was something there for that movie. Okay, um,
0: I'll trust and you on that. It was one
1: of the movies that introduced us to Jennifer Lawrence, and Anton Yelchin was really good. Rest I
0: know, in peace. rest in peace. Um, um, but like, and we can't exactly like, you know, we can't hold Carnage against her. Like, Carnage was this really great and acclaimed play. If that gets offered to you, you're probably going to take it even though she was incredibly miscast, as was everybody in that movie. Um, But like, I don't know, when was the last time you feel like Jodie Foster was in the right movie at the right time, giving the right performance? Like, is it Inside Man? Is it Panic Room? Is it even earlier than that? I mean,
1: I love Panic Room. I would staunchly defend Panic Room. Me too. I think... I mean, yes, she does so little now that it's like some of her choices are confusing. I do think she's really good in Inside Man, yeah. But to the Oscar point of it, like a, this is probably why she doesn't get nominated because you're talking about like the taste level thing and these movies that are not fully successful at what they're doing, um, except for Inside Man. Um, well, so I still think if you put her in some type of movie that people feel like they can talk, they can discuss seriously or, like, think in some type of gravitas level, they're going to consider Jodie Foster, and that movie's gonna have Oscar buzz. Like, she's just yeah, she's just one of the golden children that's gonna always have that following.
0: Well, and it's funny that we talk about her and, like, Oscar's gone cold. Like, she's won twice. Like, she's kind of fine. Um, I almost want her to, like, get a directing nomination more than I ever want her to, like, get another acting nomination again just because I that would want... That be rad. I just want Jodie Foster to have a directing career that I can be excited about. I liked Little Man Tate. I thought Little Man Tate's a good movie. Yeah. Um, I don't have any fondness for The Beaver, and I don't know whether that's just Mel Gibson or not. But you I think know.
1: if you removed him out of that equation, I think people would have been a lot more fair to that movie. But like, it's kind of hard to see past him.
0: If you had access to a time machine that you oh. could have unlimited use of, how long before you went back and changed the nineteen eighty eight Oscars to have Glenn Close win instead of Jodie Foster, with the caveat that you wouldn't have to hear about the wife Oscar buzz this year? As I know it, pings oh you.
1: Oh my god, it drives me crazy. Um, uh, I would easily change that because, like that, it, that would be an unimpeachable Glenn Close win. Like that's the, like. I'm not going to use this time to sidetrack the, like, hate on going close. But, like, yeah, I would love to not have to hear about how good the wife is when it's, like, talk about gaslighting. I just feel like
0: that's one of those, like, very easily, I think we can all agree that, especially because she would go on, Jodie Foster would go on to win the Oscar not long after for The Sounds of the Lambs, which we can all agree was well-deserved. I at least can. Even though... In a perfect world, there's a three way tie that year because both Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon are Oscar worthy, and Thelma and Louise. I mean, and yeah,
1: but you can't give a tandem Oscar.
0: Well, but uh, but like I would say, like honest, like three way tie, like weird, like Madam suzatska Scott style Golden Globe that year or whatever, um, <laughs> and just give it to three of them because they're three of them all time best Oscar nominated best actress performances. It's weird that they all happened to be in the same year. Anyway, yeah,
1: but at the same time, that Silence of the Lambs Oscar is. A very unimpeachable, of course, performance Oscar. Like, I'd but never yes, you could take away her Oscar away from for the cu- the accused, even though I think she's really good in it. She um, is,
0: but it's not the same level, I don't think, as what she's doing in The Sounds of the Lambs, or it was what Glenn Close is doing in Dangerous Liaisons. I
1: mean, honest. that whole final shot of Dangerous Liaisons is like an like top ten acting moment ever yeah. for me. And I don't love Glenn Close. I am on the record of not loving Glenn Close.
0: <laughs> yes, we can um, it. I know that I prompted you and now I'm feeling like you. Yes, you it. did. You I did just want me
1: to ramble about. OK, I will say I don't hate her in The Wife. I hate that movie.
0: Yeah, I don't like the movie. I just like her in it. I think she gives a very good performance in a movie that I don't really think is that good. I think it's I think she's passable in the movie. Like I think I think she's encumbered with a terrible movie. Did you know that she's been nominated three times for Golden Globes since Nell? Nell was her last Oscar nomination. She's been nominated for three Golden Globes since then, plus her Cecil B. DeMille Award win from 2013 that we all remember because of the speech. What would you guess were the three Golden Globe nominations since Nell? Not to do a little mini game time.
1: Carnage because it was comedy.
0: Carnage because it was comedy. Yep, exactly.
1: The Brave One.
0: The Brave One is true. I thought you weren't going to be able to get that because that's insane, but yes, she was.
1: The other one I think
0: is her best performance since now.
1: Okay, so that's that's high praise. It, hmm. Oh, it's, is it is it contact? It is contact. Yep. Yeah. Contact's a good movie. Nineteen ninety. It's really Golden slow Globes and boring, but it's watching.
0: And Contact, Jodie Foster getting nominated for Contact is one of the great things about that year. Um that movie's on television every single day somewhere. Seek it out, find <laughs> it. It is wonderful. You will not regret it. What else should we talk about before we uh we head on into the home stretch? Um Did this get nominated think... for any weird awards? Should we talk about no no AARP movies for grown-ups for this one unfortunately.
1: The weirdest thing I could find for this movie, there is apparently an organization known as the Western Writers of America that nominated <laughs> it for Best Motion Picture Script. The original, but it's a western. <laughs> Summersby, ladies and gentlemen. Uh,
0: Summersby My B- least favorite genre
1: ever in cinema, but it's a western. But it's a western, yeah.
0: They don't even list the other nominees, which is too bad gaslighting, but it's a western. (laughs) The only thing we see on this page is best television script went to return to Lonesome Dove. Which, like, how many times are we going to go back to Lonesome Dove, honestly? The legacy of Lonesome Dove. The the western writers of America. That's funny.
1: Um, Okay, One interesting thing, especially about this Oscar year, I think it's... Excuse me. I mean, like, we kind of mentioned this is like a Harlequin romance type movie and I think you get into kind of one of the reasons why it probably at the end of the day wasn't considered for Oscar is like a certain respectability factor especially when you have a prestige type of or something in the same genre that like kind of bumps it out because it seems more respectable yeah and this year it was the piano in a certain way like I would not necessarily categorize that movie as a romance but it was certainly sold yeah with those aspects in mind. And I think when you have... And it's in another can,
0: universe, obviously.
1: This yeah, movie, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, that goes without saying. Um, it's easy to overlook the, like, shitty, yeah. fluffy, or, you know... Yeah, like I said, less finger quotes respectable one. <laughs> For good reason, you shouldn't respect this movie, but yeah. if we're just strictly talking on like a genre level, right. You know, something like The Piano
0: is. I'm glad it, you brought up know. The Piano and the 1993 Oscars because I wanted to play one more little game before we go into um our actual game, which is an IMDb game. Um so the 93 Oscars that year, like Jodie Foster and Richard Gere were safely out of the conversation let's say by the time we got into awards season but I always think of actor and actress in 93 as very sort of coupled up where we got uh, Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne both nominated for What's Love Got to Do With It Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson both nominated for Remains of the Day Um, Stalker Channing gets a nomination for Six Degrees of Separation Donald Sutherland doesn't but he maybe should have because he's actually great in that movie and then Winger, Deborah Winger, gets nominated for Shadowlands, opposite Anthony Hopkins, who's, who's already nominated for Remains of the Day, so it wasn't going to get nominated twice. But I always feel like that feels very sort of like coupled up, too. Of those four, like rank those four. Uh,
1: oh, that is an easy, okay. easy, easy, easy number one is what's Love got to do with it? Yeah. No question. I mean Angela Bassett in that movie is like one of my like She's top five great.
0: favorite performances. He's ever. great. They're both great. I just love Yeah, He's of the incredible, day so and much. I
1: love that we have Oscar nominee Lawrence Fishburne because we yeah. do not appreciate him appropriately. True. Um Probably Remains of the Day next. It's so good. Chris it so is so good. It is good. I love it. It's movie. so good. Um and then I mean, Six Degrees of Separation, I probably need to see again. Yes, so, you like, do. I'll caveat that third place vote. Your less um, than
0: enthused tone of voice right now tells me you really do need to see it again if we are to remember no, I do, I do, I friends do, I, and co hosts.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love Donald Sutherland. He has no competitive nomination still. Which is, crazy, honorary, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Which and is that- crazy. Which is crazy. If our good friends at Focus Features had really like actually pushed for it, I would have even nominated him for Pride and Prejudice because he's really good at dad crying. Uh, he um, got he
0: was one of my five nominees that year for Pride and Prejudice. Do you that remember scene the year so good? that they had him and Glenn Close be like the backstage announcers for the Oscars? Yes. And it's like. That was like most likable, Glenn Close. But it's so face slappy because, like, hey, Donald Sutherland, who's never been nominated for a competitive Oscar. Hey, Glenn Close, who's been passed over for best actress like five times. Why don't you both come to the Oscars and sit your asses backstage and talk about the people who are (laughs) winning? Congratulations, (laughs) y'all. The least they could have done was get them drunk. I mean, who's to say they didn't, really? I well, should see then, Shadowlands as maybe the upshot of this little game that I just made you play. I definitely
1: saw it when I was a kid, when I was too young
0: to see it. But it's, it's about C.S. Be Lewis, right? For me. Yeah. And Deborah Winger, who doesn't love Deborah Winger.
1: Yeah. It's directed Sounds by Richard like Attenborough. If, if she did not have that nomination, we would be talking about it here on this podcast. Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> you win. You win this round, File. But um, I'm not
1: going to take that away from Deborah Winger.
0: We like Deborah Winger. Love Deborah Winger. Anything else before we move into the IMDb game? I don't
1: know. I'm still. Would just you stuck recommend Summersby?
0: Would you tell somebody, hey, Summersby's on Netflix. Watch it just to say you have.
1: Um, to hate watch it. Yes, get have two bottles of wine. Hate <laughs> watch it with your best friend, um, and then watch something better with Jodie Foster in it. Yeah. Also, join me in my time machine where we can go back in time and have Richard Gere play Harold Hill.
0: Yeah. See. This is what I mean. This is sort of his. I don't even uh, like The Music
1: Man, and I'm desperate to have him as Harold Hill.
0: I know. Oh, that would have been. This good. is going to be the
1: episode where people yell at me for all the
0: things I don't like. <laughs> all right. Um, IMDb game. We play it every IMDb week. Game. We pick an actor or an actress, either one we look into their IMDb we go to their IMDb page we see listed the four movies that they are most known for and the other one of us guesses those movies if they get two wrong we give them the years that they have missed and then if they keep getting them wrong we're just going to throw out hints like jelly beans because we want to get this done <laughs> 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 um if it's a animated movie or a television show we make that known ahead of time because those are hard to guess otherwise. So, ready to go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Give me yours. All right. Okay. So, we mentioned Neil Jordan film starring Jodie Foster. Oscar buzz movie that probably shouldn't have. Also, had it be simply by Jodie Foster's presence. I'm talking about The Brave One. The Brave One, i.e. Jodie Foster, did not just save herself she was a vigilante saving other people one of the people she saves you may have forgotten because this is like a newly emergent star somewhat is zoe kravitz no zoe kravitz zoe kravitz Joe's imdb not to be confused with zoe
0: kazan who sometimes i see the name written out and i think of one and not the other zoe kravitz daughter of lisa Bonet and lenny kravitz Two of the most beautiful people on the planet created one of the most beautiful people on the planet. Funny how that works out. Do you see how I'm buying time now? Describing? You are definitely
1: buying time. No
0: television.
1: There's no television. So no so big, so little no big little lies. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, Shockingly, is it X Men First Class?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right. She um, plays
1: Angel in X Men First Class.
0: Yeah. Why am I having a hard time coming up with things that she was in, though, is the problem. Zoe I will
1: Roberts. say, uh, well, I'm not giving you hints yet. You haven't even
0: gotten No, I wrong. haven't even gotten anything wrong yet. Um, I need to stop being so generous
1: at this game.
0: Yes. Oh, well, she's in, um, God, I always do forget she's in this movie, but, um, Mad Max Fury Road. Correct, Mad
1: Max Fury Road.
0: Okay. Um, Did you know
1: that her uh, character name in Mad Max Fury Road? Probably not, because I doubt they even say it. Her character name is Toast the Knowing. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) The the supporting female cast of that movie is pretty rad.
0: Yeah. She's in one of the Divergent movies. I want to say the first one, just Divergent. Divergent! Okay. So, hey, you have gotten three of her movies
1: and no wrong guesses. If you can get... This fourth movie, with no wrong attempt at it, you will be the second ever perfect score for all the right. IMDb all game. Right. Previously, all right, by me
0: bringing up your perfect score,
1: my perfect score.
0: Um. Oh God! For all right, Christine
1: Baranski. Yes, I'm. I homosexual. hope it's not this because
0: she's barely in this movie. Um. But is it After Earth? Joe Reed <gasps> did they do it. You have a perfect score! It's stupid that that's one of hers. She's barely in that movie.
1: I think um, you should give us a rendition of Don't, <laughs> since you got this perfect score, the number that she sings, and the finale of Big Little Lies nope. at the Elvis party.
0: Nope. All right, so thank you, thank you for my perfect score.
1: After Earth, I didn't even know that she was in that movie that I yeah. haven't seen, because it's supposed to be terrible. So it is. A perfect reason for me to see it. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. All right, After Earth,
0: After Earth, My nice Shyamalan. Um, I My mean Shyamalan movies, I think, weirdly, like show up a lot in this. All right, so director of Summersby, John Emil, directed a whole bunch of weird stuff. One of which is one of my favorite terrible movies of not only the 2000s but ever. Uh, it's called The Core. It's about a bunch yes! of people who drill to the core of the Earth. It is horrible. Stanley Tucci is over the top. It's insane. Um, but everybody should see it. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank's in it. Richard Jenkins is in it. A lot of people are in it. It's kind of wonderful and kind of terrible. And the male lead in this movie is Aaron Eckhart. So give me the four movies for Aaron Eckhart.
1: Aaron Eckhart. Okay. The Dark Knight. Yes. Um, no television. Nope. Okay. So Hung is not on there. I doubt that it would be. That's Thomas Jane. No one watched that show. That's Thomas Jane. Same person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh Aaron Eckhart. Thank you for smoking. Yes. Ah, Jason Reitman not with Diablo Cody, but we still kinda like this movie. Um He was in like a shocking amount of dude movies. Yes. A lot Is
0: one of them the core? No.
1: Okay, not the core. Not the core. Oh, 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 uh, Aaron Brockovich.
0: No, surprisingly enough, no. He's wonderful. This, this is what I get for bragging about my perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got? So we got two left and you've only got one wrong answer, right? Uh, no, I've had two wrong answers. Okay. Well, then we've got years. 1997 and 2010.
1: Oh my god, I almost just said another Thomas Jane movie cuz I almost <laughs> said The Mist. <laughs> um uh ah, uh ah, 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 um did you say 2010? Yes. This seems crazy to me, but I'm going to say rabbit hole. Yep,
0: rabbit hole. That's weird, man. It is weird, man. I'm telling ya. Okay, so what was the other year? It was the 90s. 97. Yeah, the 90s. Weird that he would have a 90s movie because he seems like such a 2000 star. It's almost like yeah. it's his first big breakthrough.
1: Ooh, Thomas Jane wasn't even working <laughs> then yet. Um, yeah, he
0: was because in 1997, yes, Thomas Jane was. was in
1: Boogie Nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. In like, one of the best parts of the movie, the Alfred Molina part. So good. I hated um, that
0: part the first time I saw that movie, and I've since grown to love it, of course. But, like, I was not right. having it. I've seen some people hate that part of the movie, and I'm like, but
1: it's one of the best parts of the movie that are not
0: Julianne Moore related. That's
1: true. Um, good caveat. I'm going to need some hints, because uh, I got nothing.
0: It's a director. I'm pretty sure he's he worked with more than once, although maybe now I'm suspicious of that claim, so... Maybe don't hold me to that. No, he's worked with him more than once. He's worked with him at least more than once. Um, okay. It was, yes, like at least three times, actually. Um, no, at least four times. Sorry, I'm looking at his like, just list right now. He's worked with this director four times. It was his big breakout movie. It was the movie that like got him, I want to say, an Independent Spirit nomination, but I'm going to go double check that. It got him some stuff. Let's see. He got some stuff.
1: All the stuff that he yeah, should have he, gotten for Rabbit Hole? he won
0: an Independent Spirit Award for Best Debut Performance. Jeez! That okay. movie also won um, Best First Screenplay for this director-writer that he's worked so with. So a
1: director he's worked with a bunch before. Is this like a dude director? Yep. Like, is this the dude movies that he's done? Yep. Like Battle Los Angeles? and.
0: Not that kind of dude, but like, bad dude. Like... Awful theater dude. (sighs) Okay, I know what
1: this movie is. I just don't know if I know the title. Something about a man. Yeah. Or perhaps more than one man. Men? Yeah. Uh...
0: Okay. In the Company of In men. the Company of I was about to do, like, Third Neil Word of the Stephen Sondheim musical. Butte. Yes. Le Butte
1: Suspiciously, like, dropped from the theater community in the past yeah. year. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's up with that, question mark? Who knows, question mark. Um, it's a
1: shame because I do like some of his plays. Aaron Eckhart was in In the like Company of men bad Man
0: and Your Friends and Neighbors and Nurse Betty and Possession, so... Speaking of Time Machine,
1: I would go back and be able to, at some point in my life, delineate Aaron Eckhart from Thomas Jane. That's a good and one. And I would also make sure that uh, people were recognizing him for his wonderful performance in Rabbit Hole.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently yeah, uh, the Brock IMDb fits, users do. Apparently the IMDb users are all about his performance in Rabbit Hole. Yeah. All right, my friends. Well figured out. All right, Well, figured that, out
1: <laughs> That... Um, if I have not sunk myself in a hole enough already, <laughs> is our episode. Um, if you want more This Had Oscar Buzz, you can check us out at our Tumblr, thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com You should also follow our Twitter account at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz Joe, tell our listeners where they can find you and your stuff
0: uh, First of all, I'm on Twitter at Joe Reed, redispelled R-E-I-D Second of all I am on decider.com every day writing about film and television and everything that is on streaming. Third of all, I'm on Letterboxd, probably just as Joe Reed. You can just look me up. Um, That's all. That's the only ways you can ever find me. Don't try and find me.
1: Ever. Ever. Yeah. like Don't try to find him in his former apartment underneath a bridge in In Central Park. Park. Yeah, unless you're Jody Foster, then by all means. Um, I am Chris File. I am on Twitter at Chris V File, That's F E I L. You can also find me at The Film Experience, writing about soundtracks and other Oscar goodness. That's TheFilmExperience.net. Um, I am also on Letterboxd, probably also at Chris V File, because that's. I have synergy between all of my socials. Um, yeah, follow us on Letterboxd as well. I've heard that huh?
0: about you, Chris, that you have synergy amongst all your socials. So they wrote about you on the wall in the men's room.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, if they're writing about me, there is no such thing as bad press. Um, (laughs) We would also like to thank our uh, wonderful co-conspirators in this podcast. That's Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork. Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance as well. Um, Please, please, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Five star review really helps us out with iTunes visibility. Without it, we only have the visibility of an oil lamp. Um, so that is all we have for this l- week, but we really hope you'll be back for next week for more buzz. Bye. Bye. Dr. Electric. Everyone's a
0: winner, baby. That's so no nice. That's, no lie. that's no lie. You never fail to satisfy. That's that's